running with their hair flowing behind them. Even my aunt's window boxes of petunias didn't need much attention. They got their water from the air. Vista Del Mar was literally across the street, though from here I could barely see it through the filter of trees. The street I was standing on dead-ended at the lighthouse. It sent out its beam day and night, because once you got past the small, silky beach by Vista Del Mar, the coast became a rocky cliff with all kinds of warning signs. Danger, danger, danger. Treacherous currents, killer waves, and a bluff overlooking mounds of jagged rocks that jutted into the water. The Pacific Ocean wasn't very peaceful here. Dangerous, but beautiful. This area drew tourists from all over the world. The quaint charm of Cadbury-by-the-Sea helped, too. Thanks to the town council, there were no chain stores or restaurants, billboards were banned, and streetlights were outlawed. A voice in my head, maybe it was my mother's, said something like, grow up and get moving. Okay, maybe mulling over the wonders of the town was just me stalling. I propelled myself across the narrow street and through the stone pillars that marked the driveway to Vista Del Mar. Entering the hotel and conference center grounds felt like stepping back in time. The trees were more plentiful here, and the land more au naturel. I passed a Monterey pine that had fallen and been left to return to nature on its own. I followed the roadway to the main area of the hotel and conference center and a building called the Lodge. The rustic structure was built in the arts and crafts style. It had lots of windows looking out of the grounds in one direction, and across a deck toward the boardwalk that led through the dunes to the beach on the other. All the buildings had names, and most had been built in the early 1900s. The dining hall was called Seafoam, and was just down the path. I'd never been inside, but from the outside, it appeared to be almost all windows. The Grace Chapel exterior was covered in local stones and tucked near the beginning of the dunes. The other buildings scattered around the 107 acres were covered with weathered wooden shingles and housed guest and meeting rooms. Even though the water was obscured here by the sand dunes, I felt the ocean breeze as it sailed right through my jacket. The Armani might look nice, but my usual fleece zip-up worked better with this weather. The lodge served as a social hall, registration, and business office of Vista Del Mar and was to be our meeting place. I was glad to go inside to the cheerful warmth of the large open room. A fire was going in the massive stone fireplace surrounded by comfortable sofas and chairs. Kevin St. John looked up from the registration counter as I walked in. Don't you look nice, Casey, he said. I hope it's okay that I call you Casey. I could call you Ms. Feldstein, if you prefer. He was the manager of Vista Del Mar, and up until the last week or so, the only contact I'd had with him was when I passed through the lodge to deliver muffins to the small gift shop that sold coffee drinks and snacks along with souvenirs. He'd always been wearing a neat dark suit and striped tie. I'd always been in jeans and a fleece. 
Once I'd started baking for the blue door, Joan had talked me into taking samples of my muffins around to various places that sold coffee drinks, and I'd gotten standing orders from all of them. No matter how many muffins I brought in, they were gone before noon. Casey is fine, Kevin, I said. He flinched at the sound of his first name. Mr. St. John, if you don't mind, I like to set a tone, he said as I stepped up to the counter. He noticed the basket on my arm. Ah, so you're planning to win them over with muffins. So he liked to set a tone, did he? I might have to call him Mr. St. John to his face, but in my head he would be Kevin. Well, maybe Kevin St. John. He was impassive looking, with a moon-shaped face and cleft in his chin. I couldn't gauge his age.